Hi, I'm Marina Sirtis, and you're going boldly with Beyond Trek Podcast. This is Beyond Trek Podcast, your source for Star Trek on social media and around the web. I'm Big J. I'm Watney. And I'm Dag, the Trivia Master. You can find us on Facebook at Beyond Trek Podcast and on Twitter at Beyond Trek Pod. What I'm excited about is is Watney. Watney told me she's mad. She's angry. Oh, boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I think it was you liking two episodes in a row was, I knew it was too good to be true. It Dag. was a fluke. It yeah, was a fluke. I, I just. It was could, a long, it was the long con. I could feel it. Was it was absolutely bad. Well, before we get too far, Dag, we've got spoilers, right? I need to hit the yeah. spoiler alert button. Spoiler. Well, we do, but who the heck are you? Alert. 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 <laughs> I'm Dag. You're oh, our I'm, illustrious. I'm Big, big J. Illustrious Big J. Oh, thank and, you. And, yes. and, and who's um, our super cool one in the medical uniform over here? It's me, Watney. Your yeah. girl, Watney. And, and we have our master. incredible trivia master, Jag, as well with us tonight. Thank, Thank you me. very much. I appreciate that. As the trivia master, I do want to warn everybody watching or listening to us that we are going to totally spoil the heck out of this last episode, Picard episode eight, Broken Pieces. So you can put us on pause, watch the episode and come back, or you can just take it as it is because we are going full throttle into this episode. Watney, what was it? Um, yeah, welcome to the Mass Effect podcast. Darn right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, where are we talk about Commander Shepard and his ragtag group of friends going across the galaxy to fight the Reapers, an ancient race that lives in dark space that comes and purges the galaxy every 50,000 years when they've reached a certain level of technological progression. Does this sound familiar to you guys? Does this sound familiar oh, to our listeners? Well, that's news. I, I, I missed it. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, what's really funny is, is the significant lack of association with Mass Effect 3 after this episode on the Star Trek forums. Like, I don't think anybody who's played Star Trek or who's watched Star Trek has actually played Mass Effect. I haven't played so, it. I've never played it. Right. So let me just give you guys some context okay. about my feelings <laughs> about this episode. The episode was great. The direction of the narrative, not so much, because I, my first love, my first sci-fi love was Mass Effect. Mass Effect is a trilogy of video games. You can play it on console or PC, where you play as a commander, uh, his name's Commander Shepard, his or her, and you're basically fighting and trying to prepare for the beginning of the next cycle, and in these, at the end of these cycles, a big bad race called the reapers comes in from dark space and purges the galaxy of life because that's what they think is right Mm -hmm. um so you're fighting this the whole game and there's an ancient race called the uh the protheans and the protheans were from the last cycle and the protheans leave a beacon of sorts for you to absorb and it might kill you by the way but only the strong get the message uh, and Commander Commander Shepard gets the message that the Reapers are going to be coming. And so it's just very, very, very similar to this last episode and what we learned about what's been going on and the motivations of these characters. Wow. I didn't. Uh-huh. So, so you're probably watching this episode throwing books and tables and everything around. And because not until the very end. No, okay. Dad read my notes. Um, 
it hits me at the very end that this is kind of what's going on. I kind of got a, a weird inkling of it when they were showing the scene of like the beacon or like the ancient artifact where all of the Jat Vash like touch it and everything. And um, I was like, okay, vision of the future. Okay. Uh, and then at the very end, when they have their powwow, I'm like, this is fucking stupid (laughs) (laughs) and i have been apologetic about my criticism of this show because i know that a lot of people listening are big fans they're nostalgic fans i totally respect you but to be such a huge mass effect fan and see this plot be revealed it's it's like devastatingly disappointing to me that the writers could not be original with how this is going to progress i mean it's like straight up out of mass effect so maybe they were hoping no one would notice i mean mean, you're you have the same people watching all of these sci-fi and absorbing all these sci-fi genre ips so someone is bound to notice yeah um i know you're probably joking but uh so that's a lens i'm looking through moving forward just so the audience knows Mm -hmm. Well, let's um, kick off your reflections at the beginning, shall we? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, we open to once again a beautiful nebula. Uh, that always kind of takes my breath away. Yes, when I see those like it's so great now. Watching it in just like beautiful HD, I'm like, oh, it's eye candy. Um, it so you open like up the pillars of creation. Am I the only one that thought it it looked like that? I think they're showing because at the beginning of the first Picard and of mm-hmm. the first like few episodes they show like these random nebulas. Right. So I don't know if they have any significance. Daggy or nodding. Do you have a comment? No. <gasps> I'm just you, I never get the shrug from him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we, we explain, uh, we get explained by Commodore O who I found out is half Vulcan, half Romulan. Um, Can I just say that I, Here's what I liked about that revelation. Remember how we were talking uh, two episodes, two or three episodes prior when she had the sunglasses. She she came out and had the sunglasses on and everyone's, oh, she's a Romulan. She's a Romulan because uh, Vulcans have that third eyelid. And uh, so her wearing the sunglasses proves that she's not a Vulcan. But then she goes and does the Vulcan mind meld. And we were discussing how. Well, she can't now, okay, she can't be Romulan because Romulans don't do that. <laughs> so, okay, we were both right and wrong. She's half and half. So, <laughs> so she's, she's half and half. Our, we all got our pie and we got to eat it. Yes, we did. So I'm, I'm like sorry, why don't go ahead? No, no, I'm just saying. But in fact, before we get into the beginning, I said my piece. What do you guys think of this episode? Hmm. Um, and the plot revelations and all that. Uh, you know what? I, I, okay. Until you were like, this is Mass Effect, and I went and I looked into the Mass Effect lore, I was like, man, I am hoping for some creepy Lovecraftian stuff to come out of this. I thought that'd oh. be great to have, like, you know, with the positronic beacon of a planet full of, of droids like this, that positronics is the, the threshold that we have to cross. We're going to open a rift. And this Lovecraftian horror is going to come go through and go, yes, breakfast is ready and eat that planet and then go away again. <laughs> uh, that's what that's what I was thinking. And like I had this theory on on Daystrom Institute on Reddit saying that we've already seen one of these Lovecraftian horrors and it's one of the renty ones. It's the crystalline entity. 
that's the one left over from the last intrusion. We got too big and too great. And when was the first time the crystalline entity was seen? It attacked Data's compound, his laboratory, where Soong was. And Lore was in communication with it. And then we destroyed it. And then we see Lore with the Borg. And what's he doing with the Borg? He's experimenting on them. Why? So he can he can call that signal again and get more of them. And what was the whole point of descent? To rid the galaxy and the universe of biological life. And that's what Picard's aiming at here. So I was like, they've just taken a whole bunch of strings and tried to connect dots in ways that's super, I would say it's super Mass effect head, head cannony, <laughs> head cannony, fandomy, and now Mass Effect yes. Yeah, um, Mass Effect has extreme ties to Lovecraft. There's cycles of civilization. Um, there's malevolent entities coming from the dark. There's a whole DLC called Leviathan that's underwater. Cthulhu, anybody? Um, uh, yes. So yeah, I, I I mean I get I, I appreciate Lovecraft and all of that. So um, not to say that Mass Effect was completely original. But I, I've, I've been a fan for so long, and I think it, it kind of does its own thing in the category. And so it's, it's very difficult to sit here and be like, okay, Picard is, Picard is, is the plot has the bones of Mass Effect, and now it's just sad. I wish it had been different. So, um, uh, Big I, J, what do you think? I was, I was happy that we, you got a lot of uh, good revelations and it's because we're starting to, to wind down on, on the season. So it's time to start mm -hmm. playing the cards and start putting the, the chips on the table. And uh, I was very surprised. I, I had this whole theory that I talked about uh, during our podcast that the Romulans had something to do with the creation of the Borg. And I, I wasn't alone. That was really going around that um, a lot of people thought that there was some thread and some some big reason that the uh the romulans and the borg have such a, a connection and what we found out was that there was no connection per se uh and so they the way they twisted that twisted that was was great um in regards to the episode as a as a whole before we you know go go through it i didn't mind it i thought it was it was good i i liked it i i think that it was it gave us some of those pieces that we that we needed in order to propel the story forward. Mm -hmm. We got some of some really great seven of nine moments, Elnor moments, Rios moments. Um, Rios <laughs> and the five. Um, oh my god! Yeah, I I, I, I think it. I agree. I think Watney, you put the words you put the words the best. Was <laughs> um, the things that happened in this episode were awesome the plot reveal was derivative and that contributed to like the overall feeling of it being like, ah, dang. Yeah. For me, for me, for me. Right. For me. And I mean, I'm the kind of person who loves that originality. So when you pointed it out, I was like, ah, dang. <laughs> <laughs> I know you made this tweet. You tweeted from our beyond Trek Twitter, which is beyond Trek pod. If anyone wants to check us out. Um, you were like, I made 82 slides for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss anything? And I'm like, oh boy, do I have some, do I have something to drop on you? You yes. ruined his day. 
You are it, you. You can't see the forest for the trees. That's the perfect no. use. No, I'm kidding. No. You're, you're great. You do, you're not a massive fan. I don't expect anybody else to be pissed about this. But for me, it's I, I am upset. But I agree, Big J. This episode was great. It was kind of all over the place because I was like writing out the scenes and kind of what's going on just to keep keep mm-hmm. following it. And I was like, dang, we're back on the board. Dang, we're on the La Serena. Dang, we're like all over the place. You know, we're yeah. in the flashback. We're doing this. We're doing that. It's we got a lot crammed in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. So do we want to get into the details? Yes. Are we let's ready? The, let's hit the details. I got ready for this. So many details here. So many details. Um, well, Dag, you be the train conductor and take us on this uh, this wild ride. I'm gonna. I've got my prune juice here with me. I'm ready. Oh yeah, oh, I'm ready yes. too. Yes. I have my water. I I choose. Just kidding. It's not water. I choose you. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, that doesn't show up at all with the green. All right. Line. Okay. So so Watney, you left off with us on on Aya. Uh huh. Aya. Planet. The name Aya in Japanese means truth. Is this um, the admonition? Where the admonition is? That's where the admonition is. Yeah, the planet, and that's that in the on, center. They call okay. it. They call it Aya, the grief planet. Um, Aya, A I A. It means truth in Japanese. Derives from the word moon in Turkish, and it and in Turkish it means the good soul. And this is important later because there's another name in this episode that kind of means the same thing in different languages and we see the admonition uh-huh and i don't know about y'all but when i saw the admonition the one thing that really stood out to me was data why the heck is data there in this flashback why was what? he in that flashback yes he was yep i and didn't fucking see that what when the slide that... comes up because I, I saw oh, when the slide comes up i'll show you yeah it's way past now but uh, mm-hmm. in the in the in the um in the admonition you see that synth face that we've seen in the trailers right mm-hmm. and in the admonition it morphs into data's face no fucking way i missed forward. it for some totally reason totally true yeah no that's that's the the, the benefit of me stop start, so stop, start, stop, start, stop, stop. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh cbs all access is probably kind of like why is this guy pausing 960 <laughs> times in this episode? yeah he really had to go to the bathroom like i don't understand at this point he could just bring a bucket and sit the next one <laughs> You know what we? You know what? Uh, I've heard the term "poop sock" used a few times. <laughs> Jay, cut that out. We don't want that to go on the air. No, no, no. girls. <laughs> girls can be gross too. No, 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 no. So, <laughs> yep, yep. Um, another. Um, there's three interesting things I noticed. They're all Narissa based in this episode. Okay. One, Narissa just grabs that pole like it ain't no thing. Everybody else is like, "Ah, oh, scary!" And Narissa is just like, "Boom! I got this! Holy crap! This is a ride!" <laughs> it's oh, like shit. the girl in Jurassic Park when she grabs the fence. She's like, "Or the kid? The kid is the one." Yeah, Tim. Tim. Yeah. So then, then they do this effect where everybody's mind, like the 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 visual effect is, you can see everybody's faces warping and distorting, right? And you see you see Ramda's face warping and distorting, and it fills the whole screen. You see some other people's faces warping and distorting and it fills the whole screen and it goes to Narissa and Narissa's only kind of warping because she yeah. gets it. Yeah, she's, she's cool she's, with this. She's getting it. She may not be cool with it, but she has the resolve and she she succeeded her constitution role. Right? Um, She rolled a fucking 20. Wow. And the yeah. DC, or she rolled like, 
she has a modifier, whatever, whatever. You know, she, she the DC on this was extremely high because the only people left at the end of this are her and Commander O or Commodore O. God damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Com- Commodore O. Yeah. And everyone else is like, guess what? I'm out. Like, three people <laughs> kill themselves. They're like ripping their faces off. Like, my head. Hitting their heads yep. with rocks, blowing their brains out with a phaser. I yep. I mean, like, it's extremely violent. Um, but she survives and it really she's like crying because Auntie didn't like fully make it out of that right. position. Right. And we learned that Auntie, we learned something about Auntie, we'll get there. Um Nerissa starts crying and she's mm-hmm. like, We have our work. She keeps saying, We have our work to do. Yeah. Um I, I just love that phrase for some reason. And now she fully becomes the sympathetic villain. She has blossomed into, I understand her motivations and why. Um, and maybe if the Federation had gotten this information, if the Federation had citizens from their side, officials from their side, go do the admonition, things would have turned out differently. We wouldn't have had a secret society, but it was the Romulans that did it. And that's why the plot led us to where we are in the present, because we know the Romulans have fucking emotional issues. Mm-hmm. You know, not to say the Federation isn't doesn't have its own problems, but the Romulans are known for being very xenophobic. And so that's why they laid leapt to where they did, which was destroy, destroy, destroy. So the the way I understood the uh, the, the scene here was that uh, so the the this planet was created basically just as a as a warning as a as a warning beacon and uh, I guess to be initiated this was an, uh, an initiation into the the Zatvash and the initiation was you just had to survive knowing the truth. But here's the thing that, that kind of gets me and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but okay. Me seeing that in the, now this was, was this a premonition of the future or was this showing what happened in the past? I think it's what happened in the past. Okay. So I see what happened in the past. I I see that uh, synthetic life blew up some planets, try to wipe people, wipe people out. Am I, why would that make me go crazy? Why, why would that give the kind of reaction it, that it did? I, you know, I, Dag, do you have an answer for that? Tell me. You're muted. Oh my God, you're muted. My vocal processors are still broken. He's from back the online, everybody. <laughs> He's back. All right, He's here. So, so here's, um, here's the takeaway. Mm-hmm. on that um it, it's not that creepy uh, chthonic horrors are coming out of a rift in space and annihilating worlds that have developed you know a mass a critical mass of positronics mm-hmm. it's the fact that i touched a bar and days weeks months of a civilization's memory were uploaded into my brain in a few seconds oh they got ddos Mm-hmm. Pretty much, pretty much, okay. and and not only that, but the DDoS is also terrifying, mm-hmm. and it conveys all of the emotional grief of that entire society for Fuck going yeah. going to a certain place, doing a certain thing, fighting against it, 
Remember, the people who made this this memorial, they're the survivors of that. They're the ones who not only lived through it, but they lived to see the devastation. Oh, yeah. And, and everything left behind. And all of that goes into this memorial. Yeah. And and so it gets downloaded into your brain in a split second. So you DDoS from that. And when you come back from that, there's a, civil, a civilization's worth of grief festering in your brain. And you, yeah. some people just can't handle that. It's it's like instead of the inner light, it's like the inner hell. Oh, good play, good play on words. Uh, basically, that, basically, basically. That, that makes that makes more sense. I wonder so, if Nerissa knows how to play the flute. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, so, so with Nerissa and Picard just playing the flute together. It's <laughs> yeah. Big Jay, you made a great point that I didn't even think about, which was that this was an initiation that's been going on for a long time, which really answered a question i had which was if the jad vash have been around for a bazillion years or whatever something crazy and they've always hated synthetics um this like it, this would have been like one of the last initiations There's my question yeah my oh it's it is data oh my yeah, gosh he All looks right. so angry um but i love him still still love him uh so my question was if the javash had been around forever why would the admonition happen so recently to, because narissa has not it's like very recent after that for her just a few years maybe maybe a decade maybe five years or something mm -hmm. less than a decade years. 14, 14 years. years so um you know like why why would they just now start hating since but what you said makes me realize that this they've been initiating and initiating and initiating throughout the years to keep their forces up and whoever can hack it gets through that's correct yeah. yes okay it's a big tech, absolutely big brilliant thank you for saying that because yes. that was a problem that was a big problem i had so and don't know how often they do it it could be yearly it could be every four years every seven who knows mm -hmm. but basically that's what it is is it, it's an initiation into this this group or this or this club and you cannot be in the Zatvash uh, unless you you have to survive. I mean, literally, the, these uh, these women were killing themselves after that. So it's if you survive, then you're in. But wait, is it all all female? All female. Mm -hmm. Man, I'm fucking loving it with the female warrior yes. like clans. Like the Zatvash. That the that shows. Exactly. They it shows that they have definitely fought this other Romulan group of nuns or something. The Kawat Malat. The Kawat Malat. Mm -hmm. And that that's why Nerissa knows how Elnor fights. Mm -hmm. Shit is starting to come together. As much as I'm pissed about the direction of the story, it is unfolding quite nicely. Uh there is a lot of there's a lot of merit, I will say, in how things are happening. So um I came out with a greater appreciation for Nerissa. Um, she's super hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just say that she's super hot. Like I just, she's just captures me on screen. She's just a presence mm. to behold. So, so I think that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, Dag. I was just gonna say, like, there were two things about Nerissa that sort of undercut her sympathy as a villain. Oh yeah. The first one is, is I really didn't feel like Ramda needed to be family. I felt like Nerissa's scene with Ramda um, sort of undercut 
her sympathy because if it's an aunt who raised you, then of course that that feeling is obligated. But if Ramda had instead been a colleague that got a battle together, they fought together, they worked together, that sympathy would have been stronger and earned, and that scene would have been more powerful. Do you really feel that way? I, I do. Okay, interesting. I have to digest that. I would have. I would have thought I'm the not, reverse. I'm not but... sure. I'm not sure. I agree. I do think that the family card is an easy card. Um. In, in storytelling um at this point in the game i don't feel that it needed to be done there there was no that did not change to me the value of the whole story the episode of relation or the relationship by suddenly saying oh they were you know aunt and niece that, that at that mm. point that really doesn't do anything yeah i think i i would agree it would definitely change things I just have to think about uh, if it would have been like someone through a bond of, you know, like people who in there in the military together are bonded, like that kind uh, of thing, okay. as opposed right. to being raised. We did learn that the reason Auntie, um, what is her name? Ramda. 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 The reason the Borg cube was severed from the collective was because when they assimilated Ramda, her sheer despair over the vision that she had during the admonition was what caused the severance of the cube from the collective. The sheer despair that she felt. Dag is making all these kind of spirit hands. It was a buffer what? overrun. It was a, a, a blue screen of death. I think... I think Nerissa is an unreliable narrator here. I think she's definitely romanticizing the idea. And I also believe wholeheartedly that it was Ramda's assimilation that caused the submatrix collapse. Yes. I think the secret the Borg learned from the admonition is what caused the collective to go, oh, hell no, and cut it off. She is romanticizing her 100%. And that shows a weakness that she has. Well... Okay, so you're you're thinking that uh, the the collective chose to cut off the cube as opposed to, like you know, like I said, uh, the, she she blue screened the cube. Uh, it, it just suddenly was offline, gone. Well, I I think they work together. I think Ramda's uh, Ramda's the assimilated knowledge of the admonition convinced the collective that their pursuit of perfection is what was going to lead to the devastation of the admonition. And the collective went, this threatens our entire existence. Snip. And that collective Whoa. just went, that It doesn't exist went, anymore. Comatose. Yep. Out of and sight, the, out of mind. The rest, the rest of the board <laughs> went, didn't happen. <laughs> but how is that possible? Because the rest of the collective would know. Because but they're just severing have, the physical person? Like, is that what Because they're... if I have cancer in my arm and I cut off my arm, it doesn't change that I knew I had cancer, but it does stop the cancer from spreading. Okay, but the whole thing about the Borg collective is that it's their minds. It's not like the Borg body. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's like your cells would have to know. Your cells in your your right pinky (laughs) toe would have to know that the cells in your left pinky finger had cancer. I think this could be hand waved by saying that a queen could filter that data before it gets to the rest of the collective. I was just about to say a filter. Whoa. Right. So what who was the fucking queen of that cube? Because there was well, a Queen's Chamber. Not of that cube. It, it, not of a, that cube. Right. Seven says so. There wasn't one? Is that 
Because Elnor so asked her, did the queen live here? And she's like, no. And he's like, but she visited often. And she's like, I can explain or I can take the cube. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you want me to tell you a story or do you want to get the fuck out of here? Look, uh, as an audience member, I kind of want the story, but then she was super badass, so oh, I can forgive it. There was um, no time to tell a story just then. <laughs> there really wasn't. There's there such wasn't. a great screenshot coming up. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube video, give it like two more minutes. It's beautiful. And if you're listening to us, uh, do take a second to try and find this timestamp on the video because mm-hmm. the the scene with Seven getting those cords plugged into her, I got a great shot. It's beautiful. It's art. Oh, I can't opinion. wait. Point it out when it, when so it gets the, here, would you? The, the uh, queen chamber doesn't mean that there's a, a queen on each cube. It just means that there is a <laughs> private chamber. She has her own executive suite on every cube, on and every she can cube. just visit whenever she wants. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess that's I can accept that. So I I think I think Dag is right. I believe that there's probably for a few milliseconds, maybe even a few seconds, that there is a filter uh, of the the assimilation before it spreads to the and and, and it, you would think that it would have to be a failsafe because oh it's abs- it's like a firewall right you yeah. guys it's make a, a lot of sense now yeah make a yeah. lot of sense the the queen is yep. the the Cisco router you know she she's got a firewall the stuff and. So whatever you know, filter hit the hit the queen, and then, then she was probably thinking, "Okay, fuck this," and cut off the cube. Yeah, yeah. Nope, nope. She looked at that and she went, "Fake news." Yeah, <laughs> it's like split ends. You just gotta snip yep. them. Fake Otherwise, news. they just they run up. They get worse and worse and worse and destroy the strand of hair. That's true. So, um, so yeah. So we we cut to Elnor getting Did caught the freak yeah no, so baby. so narissa's talking to auntie and then she's like we i have my work to do and then she leaves it's a fucking great segue mm-hmm. she, you, we, you're in a sentimental moment and then she leaves and becomes like turns on the brutal brain br- br- the brutal brain like piece and she's like time to fuck some shit up and so <laughs> elnor elnor gets caught uh but but who walks down who walks down the thing seven seven our our mom our space mom mama bear mommy um he hugs her and he's like because she's an xb and not only that she's the xb (laughs) (laughs) you know she she is not just an xb who's recently habilitated it's been years 20 years or more since she was re since she was Mm de-assimilated so she has all of the experience the intelligence of the knowledge she got while she was with the borg of their systems and then she's had all this individual experience and so now that merges and she hacks the cube Um, she hacks the cube and drops down the queen plug-in. <laughs> what would you guys call that? She needed to get the landline boost because she was on Wi-Fi and the signal yeah. wasn't working. Yeah, it's like when you're trying to like your your outlet is behind your bed and you're like trying to feel for it and like actually plug it in. Some she big, did that. Some big cat six cables came down and you know, I, I yeah. got to plug in landline. The Wi Fi in this cube is garbage. Eyes turn black. We are bored. Is, Fucking badass. I just this love was the whole a, thing. This was our uh, kill a quad router. 
Oh yes. <laughs> not 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 gigabytes, not terabytes, but full on kilowatts. Yeah. The I was uh, actually sad when this was happening because I thought we were losing seven. No, I thought we were too. I thought but... we were losing her because she didn't seem she's but she at the beginning she didn't seem in control, but then she was kind of like Annika has work to do. Yes. Yeah. You know, yes. she plugs herself in. <sighs> Narissa is already. She's like, can I, can I suffocate them, electrocute them? And the guy's like, how about I jettison them out into space? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, she's like, oh, I like that. Do it and give me your phaser. Um, she goes and shoots a whole bunch of the XBs. Seven is like just hacking. Like we, I, I don't really know what she was doing in this time. I guess we were like cutting here and there. Yeah, and um, so she gets plugged in, and be- but before she- she- they can save the the Borg in stasis, because there are thousands of Borgs on this queue that are not in, not deassimilated. Right. The- Nerissa opens up the bay, and they all get vents vents them all, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? She did. She plugged herself back in, risked everything to then. Lose all those. Not lose all those. And by the way, Borg can survive in space, first of all. And You're she right. could just beam them back in. So for her to be willfully obtuse on the writer's part and not like who who gives a fuck about the character's complacency if it just furthers man, the plot, right? You're and what's, so right though. You just like, oh, that, man, you just that scene would have been up. amazing if like the doors had opened and the Borg start getting sucked out and then a force field appears and it's like and you just go back to seven. We <laughs> Borg. And they, it's like yes. Yeah, they all hit like the force field. They're like, <laughs> I've never, I've never rooted for the Borg oh, before. Shit. But in this episode, like even in the the scene that I used, um, is is very um, uh, the scene that I used for this the show was you know sympathy for the devils when they were getting ejected into space like man right when seven was going to take control right when the board were going to be under a benevolent power getting rid of these romulans and then going wherever it was going to go um seven loses those people the grief is on her face but 30 seconds before that the show was so worth it just to hear seven say we are Borg," and it was her voice it wasn't the collective's voice I swear whoever audio engineered that just took Jerry Ryan's voice, layered it a dozen times, and then did all the tweaking to it so that it was seven of nine mm-hmm. meeting the Borg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fucking cool. It was really cool. I I I liked seeing it. Um I was we obviously knew that was gonna happen. Um I didn't know that was gonna happen. Me and Dag knew that that was going to happen. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, right. Jay. What were you thinking um, was going to happen, Jay? Uh, I, I don't. You didn't know Seven was going to be there. Well, you knew she was because of the Fenris, right? Like, well, yeah, there. because he he set the the beacon, and I had to listen to you guys talk about the the whole thing when I was editing last episode. But uh, I, I tried Sorry. not to really pay attention, like just hear the words as I was editing, but not register them. Mm-hmm. And it kind of helped because I was still a little surprised when I saw some stuff, which yeah, that's, that's okay. That's just my, my habit. I might, I might watch the, uh, the previews, just treat myself uh, for the next couple ones. Treat yourself, huh? Uh-huh. I, I, uh-huh. I, I think you're addicted. 
<laughs> I think you're addicted, just gave, like the rest of us. Gave me that taste of watching the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm Elnor's glad like, you gonna assimilate me? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> he's like, you gonna assimilate me? And she's like, bitch, she I might. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For half a second, I was like, that's it. He's assimilated. And you called it. it. It's he's the thing. Yeah. And then she's like. <laughs> Annika has work to do. And I was like, oh, I can breathe. The oh. individuality oh, is still there. And then she unplugs and that's that. So why did the, why did it happen? She didn't achieve anything by doing that other than looking badass. Um, narratively, it, it makes me think and hope that they are going to revisit it. And maybe now that she's done it and she knows that she can retain herself, mm-hmm. um, she's going to use this Borg again. Cause her and Elnor are still in the cube. Narissa is leaving. The mm-hmm. cube is like regenerating itself mm-hmm. with these cool little like drone things on the outside. I, mean, I don't think bad. we've ever seen those before, ass. right? No, we've never, never seen, seen those little those little no those little ship particles. And you can see if you look at the the scene closely, they're connecting to each other end to end and sort of suturing mm-hmm. the damage to the cube. Oh, fucking cool! It is I like that. Cool. That's a pretty cool like techie. I'd thing like that to speculate. Did that this cube comes to Picard's aid in the last episode under Seven's control. Oh, that would be... Just a cube out of nowhere taking a huge shot to save Picard. Well, I think, I think you're right. And here's why I think you're, that you're right on that. Uh, so the, the fleet, the Romulan fleet, head, heads out. They're heading to the... Uh, Soji's homeworld because now they mm-hmm. know that wherever she was born, that uh, there are other synth or there may be synth in hiding. So uh, taking refuge there. So they are going to go to the source. And so the, the Romulans are on their way and uh, there's a, a fleet of ships. So Starfleet's finally getting on, getting on board with the, the whole thing and they're going and this was something that um, that my my son Nacho was was talking about today uh, when we were talking about the the episode is um, well what is what is Starfleet going to do when they when they get there because now they're going to know uh, the, the same thing that the Romulans know and plus uh, as as we saw from a, a earlier scenes there were a couple synth diplomats quote unquote diplomats that, that Bruce Maddox sent out to try to, you know, test the waters. Uh, this was on uh, Rios's uh, prior ship and somehow someone found out and the captain was given the order, kill these nuke two them from orbit. Yes. Nuke them from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Kill, kill these two or we will destroy your ship from, from here. Um, so I would, I would think that, once Starfleet gets there, are they, and, and despite what happened on Mars and that, and that whole thing, even if they determine, okay, that was engineered by Commodore O, that was a lie, that was, they were reprogrammed, whatever. Here's the thing. They're going to know the whole destroyer of everything, what, you know, what happened in, in the past. What are they going to do? They're going. Are they going to side with the Romulan fleet and say, "Yeah, you know, we do have to eliminate the the synth, 
and the cube comes in and wrecks both sides or, or what? I mean, and I don't want to jump ahead, but that was just something very, very peculiar that I, that I thought about is what are it's they going to do when they get there? Yeah. It's going to be weird because the Federation, the Romulans, our beloved Picard all have that information. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just, uh, this is, this is all leading to the, the primary ethical, maybe not even ethical, maybe just conflict dilemma, which is we know without a doubt, pretty sure without a doubt, that this devastation is going to come if we develop sense to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. We also believe that synthetic life has a right to exist despite this Federation ban. So we've got, on one hand, we've got Soji and her people who just want to exist, mm-hmm. and we've got this this beacon saying yeah okay but and picard says it when he's talking to rio he's like or rios he's like well that's what happened to them what if we can find a different approach and that's going to be the conflict that we're going to find at the end is do we do we get the what i would consider to be the boring end where we destroy the synthetic life in favor of not being destroyed That's ourselves, not which happen. would still be a thing. Or does Picard, in all his ridiculous plot armor, get the ability to actually communicate with whatever this is coming for the synths and mm-hmm. say, you know, let me give you a Hershey bar and a Snicker. You can settle down. It's cool. <laughs> you yeah. Know, you got yourself when you're hungry, and I can see you're very hungry. They're not going to kill. They're not going to sacrifice a sense they're not going to do it and the jat vash is going to resist of course well, they're probably going to be a huge antagonist the whole season just like mm-hmm. these deep space visitors will be but the picard will convince i think the federation to to leave them uh look they're peaceful they're sitting here it's not their fault they're just the trigger they're not the bullet you know what I mean? I, I, I get what you're saying, but I think if that happens, my my first thought is going to be what the uh, commander in chief Starfleet said in that episode after you know Picard made his pitch about getting a ship and crew, where she told him sheer fucking hubris. <laughs> and this is why I say that you have a civilization that. Uh, however long ago it was, you know, hundreds of millions of years or whatever, you had a civilization that was capable of pulling together eight stars, eight stars. And in such a way that it was gravitationally impossible for them, for them to be there. You, you, this civilization created a, a beacon like no other beacon that has ever been or ever would be. So, but and so I would think that if you have the the technology or the power, the ability to do that, and you did that just for a warning, then there is no way. I'm sorry, I I am not going to take all that and say, well, you know, Picard might be right. Maybe he has a chance. And, uh, I I think that that would be the entire reason for the story mm-hmm. is that. And I can tell you, in Mass Effect, the Protheans in the previous cycle, 
who would be in and Picard, the people who built the st- the stars, the suns all together. Mm-hmm. They were the most powerful empire in the entire galaxy. They had united pretty much everyone underneath them. Mm-hmm. And they still could not defeat the Reapers. But what it takes is a fucking main character <laughs> to do it. Mm-hmm. Narratively, Picard will do this. It's you can't destroy the Federation. You can't destroy the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's narratively impossible for them to do that. I, I think they would just destroy the potential for other stories in Star Trek. It would just, they just can't do it. Will people die? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Your friends in Mass Effect, they die in horrible ways. And it hurts mm-hmm. really bad. But it's, part of the sacrifice to get to that goal that other people never reached even though they were more powerful than you so while they may have that extreme power or technology to do that Picard will have the constitution and the heart to do it and that's what's gonna take it there that's my opinion hmm Okay, we'll have to. We can agree to disagree, man. We can agree to disagree. That's I, fine. That's fine. That's fine. Maybe I'm just too cautious in in my old age, but that just gives me a a bad feeling, knowing that, uh, the, like we said before in a previous episode, what happened on Mars, could have happened to Earth. Are we mm-hmm. going to take that? Now, I'm not saying that we're, uh, the way the season's going to end is that, uh we lose the Federation Starfleet's all destroyed. I'm not saying that I'm just saying that I don't see them letting the synth be. I I just think the stakes are the stakes and the risk are way, way, way too high to, um, to, to let that happen. Yeah. That's just me. I think that it's going to take the ship, that we have the crew that we have to do it and possibly other friends. I don't think the, I think the Federation is going to like turn their cheek like they did with the Romulan planet and sun. Um, Mm -hmm. It's going to be, we already know stuff about Rios and let's get a little bit back to like some of the, I guess the plot, but Mm -hmm. Rios feels insane regret over how things happened on the ship with murdering the two cents that were sent as ambassadors. And so he is going, I I bet my call is he is going to feel the drive to make it right. Mm -hmm. And the, and the drive to fix it, so to speak. So we see, um, we see Soji and Picard beam aboard La Serena and Rios can't even breathe. (laughs) Like the way they were, the way they were like filming him. I was like, Sit down. Right, right. Sit, sit down, babe. Picard both. Yeah, you guys all need to chill out. Chill, dude. Like, yeah. Soji's like, what the fuck is everyone looking at me for? <laughs> <laughs> Do I look that weird? Right, I look yeah. human, right? She asked her Roddy later. She's like, I look a fucking human to you, right? Um, Rios <laughs> can't breathe. He's like, I'll be in my quarters, rah. Um, and Soji and Picard and Rafi have a moment where Rafi's like, I'm gonna shoot her. Picard's like, you'll have to shoot me first um well and rios is even like i'm bailing like i'll take you where you want to go but then i am done yeah because the the past caught up to him can't deal the the past didn't knock the the past 
FBI, open up! Like, <laughs> the, the past is at in his face, basically. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and he's like, we're going to Deep Space 12, which is fucking cool. That's awesome. That's going to be Deep awesome, right? Yep. That's going to be so cool! Well, but we're good. not going there anymore. We changed course. We went through the Wait, no, she thing. said we're going to... They're going home. Clan... No, okay. no, no, so no. Clancy's Clancy sending Clancy the says... rendezvous. Right, yes, yes. so, all right, thoughts? Clancy says we're sending a squadron it will meet you at DS-12. Go there, stay there. Soji takes over La Serena and takes them through uh, Transwarp Coil to Soji's home world. Oh, okay? because Rios is, like, chill now mm-hmm. at but, the end. Yeah. But Narek is following them through the, the Transwarp conduit. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Remember at the end that that yep. ship decloaks and he goes through. Um, I'm I'm gonna spoil this in the teaser. Picard says it took us 25 minutes to go 50, or it took us 15 minutes to go 25 light years. So that's automatically a plot point about how much time ahead they are before mm-hmm. the Romulans show up mm-hmm. at that place because the Romulans know where they're going. We saw yes. them leave, so they're way ahead of the Romulans. We have just enough time maybe to get an episode or half an episode in before the Romulans show up next week. Mm-hmm. But who do the Romulans work for? Commodore O. We've seen Commodore O talk to Clancy. O is going to tell Clancy they're not at DS-12. They're at this other place. Send the squadron there. The squadron's going to show up, and you're going to have Picard, the Romulans, the squadron, and the the things. Oh, sorry. That's a cat. <laughs> and and our 10th tenth, our tenth episode is going to be the cross, the, the four-way showdown between all of these forces yeah it's gonna be like no you you right right right. i would have loved to see ds12 because i like to think that ds12 meant deep space station k12 which is where kirk and koloth did the whole um tribbles trial uh uh, uh, not uh man i just love i just fucking love stations gimme Yep. <laughs> give me one give me one i love them they're just they're like one of my favorite things about trek is the yeah. stations i don't um, think there's any reason to think that that's not what they're talking about uh d space 12 is the same uh the same one from trials and tribulations and trouble with tribbles it would be that a would really, be really cool, cool like mm-hmm. callback yeah for sure so um so rafi is kind of coming into her own in this episode I think she is finding her voice. She's being validated. Every time she talks to another Rios, she is more confident, but also terrified. So um, Rios goes to his quarters and he's like, bye. Shuts everything off. And he has installed himself as holograms for each purpose. So you have an engineering Rios Mm-hmm. You have like a tactical Rios, you have a hospitality Rios, you have a medical Rios, and you have what's the other one? Navigation. Navigation mm-hmm. Rios, who was really fucking cool and gave us a lot of really great names and just mm-hmm. like good stuff, like a lot of lore. Um, so Rafi goes, she can't find the actual Rios because she doesn't want to like bust into his quarter. So she goes to each of the holograms and tries to piece everything together separately. It's not working, but she is getting some answers. And she's like, okay, I'm going to get them all in the same room. So then we get all the holograms in Picaro's vineyard and they're all sitting around and they're just the same. They Every time she gets close to the answer, you can tell that Rios has wiped it. Yes. 
from the collective program of these holograms because they're like oh yeah jana she was the like it's mm-hmm. um it's, it's like that every time they get close to the answer so eventually she's goes to rios himself. they know it's there but they can't find it they can't find it great acting amazing acting by all five acts yeah i mean they're I love them. I want to protect them at all costs. We have <laughs> the ENH, who's the navigator. His name's Enoch, right? That's how you say it. I think. And he even pronounces it E-N-H. E-N-H? E-N-H. Not E-N-H, but E-N-H. I think E-N-H. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I think okay. H is how it's pronounced in Irish. You can ask Mars. Okay. Is that the guy who was irish enoch mm-hmm. enoch was okay you have um what's ian. the other guy's name ian who's the navigator mm-hmm. okay we no, don't have to go through no, all no. of them but they ian were his navigator ian was the engineer the engineer right emmett is the tactical guy emmett. and then there's the hospitality guy <laughs> and T- tacticals emmett and then yeah um anyway yeah I love them. Mon Dieu. We got to see a lot of cool stuff. We got to see Rios, even though it wasn't Rios, which I thought was cool. So, um, Rafi busts in. She's like, what's going on, babe? And he's like, okay, let me tell you everything. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done moping. I'm done doing And we learn all of that. We learn all of the things about Vandermeer, the captain that he was the first officer of. Um, he thought of him as a father. He ended up killing these ambassadors that they found in the middle of nowhere because of the directive that they were sent. One of them was basically Soji. It was mm-hmm. her name was Jana, but she was another Soji. And that's the other name. That what means, do you mean? Yes. Remember at the beginning I said, Oh Aya. yeah. Aya. So Jana is Persian for soul, whereas Aya was Turkish for soul. And Jana is uh a roman it's another name for the roman goddess diana who was goddess of the moon and aya is derived from the word moon in turkish oh wow this is good stuff trivia master i like very it. interesting mirrors there i love name shit thank you i love like all the hidden meanings and stuff and then there's that dude named beautiful flower i know what the hell I but, love it. That's going to be how they name themselves. Well, Isn't and I think that that's so great. cute? But remember, Dodge said that her dad named a breed of orchid after her. God damn it. They're really doing this shit, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> with all this with all this naming, naming things. I, I like it, but it I'm very, just like... I think they're taking it pretty far, for sure. I didn't get it. Yes, a little bit. That's fine. Yeah, that's so cool. I actually. did watch the episode three times yesterday. <laughs> I, I know you did. I know you did. Um, I know. So, um, Soji, Picard, have a meal. He's like, how do you like your food? She's like, it's fine. She's like, would you want something else? She's like, I don't know. You don't have that vacuum inside of you where someone asks what you prefer and you don't know if the answer is in your brain or if it's part of your instruction set. Um, so she's powerful. still, she is very powerful to put yourself in her shoes. Yes. Um, she's still suffering from the revelations of Nepenthe, the 
it, it was, I'm sure it's extremely traumatic to her to have all of this like doubt about her own reality um, mm -hmm. happening and it's still going on. Um, and so they start to talk about data, I think as like a distraction um, or just as kind of get to get to know him. Picard is like, she, she asked how data was and he's like, well, he made us laugh unless he was trying to make us laugh, <laughs> which I thought was so fucking true. Seeing like all hearing about data was so special and precious. And um, so she's like, did you love him? And he's like, I did in my own way. And he goes into like how he, how he interacted with data. And he's like, um, I believed him in, in him and his potential. I would celebrate his success, counsel him when he falls short. But if, and if he didn't need my counsel, I'd get out of his way. And I was like, that's so accurate. Like the whole of TNG, I just think that that's so on point. Right. Very well wrapped up. And Soji just like, she's eating, processing it. And she's like, huh, oh, he loved you. And it's like, because the positron that they made her out of from Data had just a single fucking positron. Had enough love, had enough of Picard in that positron and the love for Picard that it translated to Soji and manifested within her. And I just think that it's that aspect of the plot and Soji's backstory is extremely mm -hmm. beautiful as how it relates to Picard. It's I mean, he almost broke down. You could, you could see him. You I was broken down, man. Mm -hmm. Wow. I was yeah, what did you guys think of that? That that really that really hit me. Yes, yes, that was that was really big because, uh, and, and here here here's the the thing that I think we we kind of forgot that we need to remember was that Data in the last about seven years of his life had emotions. He had that emotion chip. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that, that was a thing. So yes, he certainly was capable of, of feeling love. And I, I, I just think that that's, that that's great. Uh, that was, uh, that was, that was good. That was good. When, when she, when she said that, that really, that really hit home. Mm -hmm. Dag, what did you think of all that? I thought it was a nice ending to that particular conversation. The result um, res resolution of data. It's got to be hard for Soji to know that data loved this man, to know that she knows that. It's like a belief that's knowledge in her head and still not be able to tell the difference between whether or not she likes the Like that disconnect for her has to be harsh. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. She's feeling these emotions from from Data and his emotions, but to hear of him still being almost primitive in comparison to her mm -hmm. is probably a comfort to her, I would think. Like, it, the, the thing with Data is he knew he was an android his whole life. And so he was like, I'm Pinocchio. But Soji thinks she's fucking human, and then yes. she figures out she's Pinocchio. And that's yeah. not a good, that's not a fun thing to go through at all. Yeah. It causes an existential mental breakdown. It's <laughs> so. almost like a mind-breaking secret. <laughs> well, th think about that. Think, think about if you just woke up one day, 
and found out that you were an alien. You're you're a plant. You're you're a double agent. I uh, love it. Designed and created to be to be a a human uh, to get information. Mm -hmm. I I mean, that's just. I I know that would kind of that would kind of bother me if I just found out that you know I lived this whole life, but I was not human. And then I was. I love that scene where she sits down at the nav. And they're like, how do you know all this? And she's like, ever since you guys told me this stuff, I know a whole lot of stuff that I didn't know when I was just pretending to be Soji Asha. I've been activated. Coming out. (laughs) She's activated. Everything is unlocked. It's like you go from level two in your game, your RPG, and all of a sudden you're level 75. Level 75. She leveled everything. Everything. She's got it all. She's got all the information that Maddox ever wanted her to have, that Data ever had all that feeling and she's like i'm so scared what is going on my mom was fake like Mm -hmm. she's just freaking out and now she's suddenly like i know this i'm capable i can do this because she was before the thing was is she was before she was an emotional connected person she was but the doubt creeped in after Mm -hmm. she learned and now she's like kind of coming back to where she was except she has more physical power and more mental power and more knowledge and it's fucking cool dag i can tell you're gonna say something <laughs> there's so much going i know i know we're kind of um, off i'm Go having ahead. i'm I'm a little dejected now because you made me think of another derivative but she is now sort of becoming like serenity's river tam where once she knew all the secrets she could take on the horde by herself right yeah yeah she could single-handedly just enact some uh, heavy devastation and damage you're right that's a good analogy there yeah it's i mentioned that in like the first episode i think okay. who thought who thought that soji was gonna wreck jurati when the two of them were just standing there talking to each other i wouldn't I give you that opportunity so scared <laughs> yeah i was right, so scared right because she's like she's like she's like what do you do when you're hungry i eat what do you do when you're sad cry what do you do when you're thirsty i drink water and she's like you drink water, water when you're that's so i love that that's so beautiful and i just expected this soji to just like demolish her right there in that lab <laughs> but then instead and and the cinematography here is really good in my opinion because um when when Girati is asking soji these questions the camera is soji is is Girati standing well above like Soji. she's kneeling to her god, to her deity. Well, above. Jurati is standing above Soji. And then as Soji no. steps up and goes, as Soji, as Soji is like, Am I a person? It's instantly Jurati. Oh, okay, okay. So it switches down. And and mm-hmm. and Soji's like, Am I a person? Not existentially, not like theoretically, but to you right now in this moment, am I a person? Don't get sir. What we get instead, and this is a show not tell, is Soji helping Agnes to the table later on. They hope the door opens, and Soji is is cradling Agnes's arm and walks her over to the table and help and helps her sit before she sits down next to her. Mm-hmm. So, do we get to know what the answer to that question is? Maybe later. This show is really, really good with the flashbacks and showing things that happen, you know, beforehand. Right. But I think it's pretty safe to say that, you know, after Gerardi was like, 
I'm never going to take that chance. That I would never so take it. Right. Soji. Soji uses that droid like your heart's pulsing because you're terrified of me, but you're not lying, so I'll trust you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do not lie to the synth. Yeah, Soji was really kind of badass in that scene because she was like, she didn't have like she wasn't wavering right. at all. Right. She was like, "Do I look human to you? Do I look like a person?" It's a perfectly reasonable question to ask. It is. It is. And and Gerardi's like, "I did kill him or something. I killed Maddox." And so she's like, I would never give you that opportunity. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. We get it. She is it. She's it. Yeah. And then during the conversation, they, so the yes, dad, they walk out and I'm like, oh, I like the camaraderie. I, I enjoyed that, especially after Gerardi was so anxious to meet her, but knowing like potentially what she was. Mm-hmm. And this, the secret was killing her is what was killing Gerardi. The secret was destroying her she couldn't share it um we did see her in sick bay after she woke up from her coma though um she was in a coma right or she was in like something like that briefly um yeah and and she wakes up and picard is um saying i'm gonna you're gonna turn yourself in and she's like i promise i will i'm like oh okay she feels bad you know she feels bad for it but she was compelled to do so she she knew no other way out. She thought she was the operative that was taking care of this. This like ga- galactic destruction was like she was the linchpin, basically. Right. So now that that that's been lifted after she has seen what she she knows more. Um. Oh, there's a kitty. Kitty wants to say something too. Again. Your mascot. Yeah, she, she agrees. Yeah, she's a shit cat. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that she they walk out together um to the powwow. You have Rafi, Rios, Picard, Soji, Gerardi, they're all sitting around and Gerardi's like, I'm done with the murdering, which I thought was kind of a weird line. <laughs> like was the, a it was awkward, very yeah. it was kind of awkward. Yeah. It was awkward what how she was saying it and like walking in. I'm like, just fucking sit down. Uh, yeah, she's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she is. Um, I don't think she's a psychopath. I think that I think what she knows broke her. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, and it wasn't the fact that Maddox died that was upsetting her. She tells Picard the reason she was upset, and I think one of you mentioned this in the last couple episodes. Mm -hmm. The reason she was upset was not Maddox. The reason she was upset is because of what she saw. Yes. And I, Mm -hmm. I, it's completely true. She admits it to Picard, and um, Picard's like, "Hell, we'll come again," and he looks so slick. His outfit. Did you guys notice? Yes. Picard oh, looks yeah. like looking good. And uh Soji or not Soji. Gerardi has help now. She has help from the others. Mm-hmm. So well that and that's when Soji walks in and says, I'm Seb Janeb. I'm the destroyer. Mm-hmm. And it me. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 me. I'm the one. Oh, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for the to see what happens next. Yeah, so, and then and then Rafi does the whole. I'm telling you, audience, telling you. Mm-hmm. She tells us everything. Yeah, she yeah, says yeah. like they move the sons. The Javash did this. Rafi this is what is coming. 
she puts it all together as her intelligent and incredible brain and mind would have done because she spent her whole life on this fucking conspiracy theory and the conclave of eight is actually the eight stars so she feels like so validated Mm -hmm. um and rios gets uh soji the fries and the shake yeah you like these huh how do you know that and she's like i like she's never had it but rios Mm -hmm. knows more about her than she does because of his experience and jana knew herself jana had knew she was an android whereas soji has never had a peppermint shake probably but yeah. she's gonna see it's the most del- delicious thing she's ever tasted if you've ever been to wendy's well then she destroys that frosty, table <laughs> she destroys it i thought she just oh. hit it yeah she just oh. hit it real hard oh she she pulled a watney yeah <laughs> yeah she 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 bends the crap out of it. i'm looking at the picture now the before and after and she she just basically busts the grating out of it the fries end up on the floor it's it's yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's joked yeah, and then and she then goes and takes over the ship. She yeah. does, and Rios and his uh, lullaby saves yeah. the day. He has a secret lullaby coded into his ship's computer where he will sing it, and the ship will shut down. Yep, or he gets control. That was genius. He gets control. Totally genius. It was super cool to end on that motion and just like slap the force field away. Like, get out of my way. I know. I like <laughs> Rios a lot. He's kind. Of, he's really growing on me. Him like- and Rafi are probably like my faves. I like the level of understanding they sort of have with each other, even with Soji being this new and weird person. And the fact that Rios and Picard had that moment where Picard's like, we don't need to be afraid. And Rios is like, dude, she hacked my ship in five minutes. Yes. It's time to be afraid. Mm-hmm. You've got to be very afraid. Because... <laughs> but, but then Picard's like, we can choose. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to run away. We don't have to ban it. We don't have to lock it out. We get to choose how we respond to these situations and then he tries to fly the ship and he's like uh i don't know how to do this (laughs) i i don't know how to use i don't know how to do this which i'm like god jesus card you didn't keep up at all yeah you wanted another ship and squadron you got rusty well he can he can captain sure you know delegating being inspiration giving orders it doesn't mean that he would expect to actually sit down and drive the thing but that's so, it's yeah. happened janeway did it many times yes yes so um picard stands up for her and is like you know she tried doing it maddox's way i.e infiltrate the cube and figure out what's going on mm-hmm. she tried doing it my way what let, let's do it her way let's go into this borg thing and let's go to her home world and yeah and do the thing fuck yeah the transform conduit looked so cool it did it looked amazing it was like beautiful and they're like going slowly but really they're going like super fast mm-hmm. i loved it that was badass <laughs> they get to the transwarp conduit soji pulls out the compass that she was given which points north because of the magnetic flux from the transwarp conduit. oh for real yes. okay that's what that kind of, honestly when rafi started revealing that this was actually mass effect I kind of like tuned out. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I tuned out. I did not watch the teaser. I was up, very upset. <laughs> so I, I really love that when 
when Soji's like, yeah, we're just going to go on a transwarp conduit, it's fine. And Rios is like, what, no chroniton field? You're just going to let the gravimetric shear just tear us apart? And like last week, I looked up the transwarp stuff, and I was like, he's talking about the science. Yeah, yeah the chroniton <laughs> fields that like will start ripping up a board cube because of its size, and that's why they have like their conduits inside. They, they have to have the coils. Yeah, they have to have the chron the the chroniton field. Otherwise, parts of the ship will temporarily desync, and they'll be like in different times because of and the so sheer size and speed. The, of, the chrono yeah. yeah, yeah, because the board cubes are too big. The the little ship should have been okay, but I guess at this point, uh, Rios is very Starfleet, and by the book on this, yeah. we're not going to mm -hmm. go in there without the right stuff. They go in. And Narek goes in after them. Yes, it was very YOLO. Like, yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> we got, we got to go. Uh, we don't have the protection. And it, this is not the final destination for sure. They're going to get welcomed there because they have Soji. So, um, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the season. Now that we had the revelation, I'm sure they're going to fight the Jat Bosch and Narissa because she's kind of the big bad mm -hmm. of the of this of the season so far. I hope she sticks around because I really like her. Um, anytime she's on screen, I'm like, what a badass. Like, I just love her. She's really grown on me this the last couple episodes. Um, she's really capable. She has amazing sh shoulder pads, like, mm -hmm. um, like Romulans do you know oh yeah it's kind of like they're fat like she takes like the better part of their fashion and lady gaga's it and like actually looks good wearing it she's not like a box with a head <laughs> like the usual romulans are hey hey she took the 90s fad and she 2000 did it's fine yeah exactly oh my god she looks so good um yeah, and then she, so narissa's end to this episode is she is like is my ship ready but her centurion has been tackled by the xbs and yeah. she starts getting Mauled. like grappled by them they mm -hmm. take her down they start doing the whole zombie grabbing at her thing and then she tele she teleports eats. she what Got is the it eater. the transports eater. she transports god she damn it she eats herself off she, the bridge she eats herself off the bridge she transports herself into her ship and then they flee the cube and now Elnor, the XBs, and Seven have the fucking cube to themselves. Yeah. So I definitely can't wait to see what we see we get with that. That's gonna be It'll awesome. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. What do you what are you guys what are your guys' last thoughts on the episode itself before we jump in? Um Big J, you, you go first. Okay. So my my thoughts are is that if you take away all the the incest between Narek and Narissa and, and that, that whole thing that to me, Narissa kind of seems like the, um, uh, the Thanos of this season where for you, you get to a point where you start to you believe that this person is doing what they think is right. We may not want to admit that it's right, we may not agree with the methods, but that's that's what it is. And, and for anyone who's listening or watching and is not sure where I get the reference, so uh, Thanos from the uh, Infinity War and Endgame, uh, basically Marvel uh, villain, his whole thing was uh, he was out to uh, cut half of uh, all uh, all intelligent life, all existence in the universe, half. 
because of uh, scarcity of resources, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So he had he had this goal, this this ultimate goal, and he felt he was justified. He's, he's doing this to, this is my way to help. It's extreme. They, they called me a madman, but the math says that you cut your, your cost by half and you will have more for the other half. And it almost makes you feel like the Avengers are the ones that are the villains because they're trying to stop this man who's doing something extreme for the, for the, the better good is just in a way that we, we can't swallow. I so, can see that. yeah. So, so now with, with Nerissa, okay. She is part of an organization that is like, we're, we're trying to keep you people alive sort of thing. We are trying to make sure that there are no synth that, that it's not research. It, it doesn't happen. Um, so I, I think that we're going to see, a very interesting thing. I, I think that with the Romulans, it's fulfilling that mission because they've they've seen Doomsday, and with with the Federation, they're going to be put in a very very tough position because they had their scare in the uh, uh, early twenty two fifties with Control. So right, that, that, that was on that was on Discovery. So they have every reason. To believe that, yes, you know, we we did it. We almost did it. We we had the uh, you know, synthetic life, advanced life, and advanced technology, and it was almost our undoing. Uh, the the whole time, the Romulans were secretly doing their thing to keep that from happening. So they're going to be in a very much a dilemma. It's it's like you you know what can happen. You almost had it happen. You had to send a ship 950 some years into the future. Uh, you, you had to make it punishable by treason to even talk about discovery yeah. or say the word. So Starfleet is in no position to, uh, to, to, to pass judgment on the Romulans because they've, they've each had something happen. Now, well, Starfleet actually had it happen to them. My takeaway from um, <clears throat> the whole thing with the, the Romulans is that they discovered that planet and took it upon themselves to make the it, the organization's forever mission to keep that from repeating. So they know it's going to happen. They want to keep it from repeating. And Starfleet saw it firsthand. They, they, they you know, with, with the whole thing. So... I think there's going to be a, a, that was my takeaway from, from the episode is it's setting up uh, very much a, a conflict of morality mm -hmm. and that's, which is, is going to be, is going to be big. That, that's my takeaway. Okay. Rodney. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I, I struggle with the future of the series for reasons that are probably very personal. Um, given like my franchise and IPs that I love, um, this is kind of an odd collision that I was not expecting. So I'm, while I'm hesitant about the future of the plot and how they pull that off and like 
being not excited because I've already played through this kind of thing and I feel like it's not super original. Um, and I'll be mad at Alex Kurtzman for the rest of my days for doing it. Um, well, remember, think... Michael Shabon is the writer, so blame him. Well, Kurtzman is the producer. That's true. So they both suck to me right now, <laughs> honestly. You're not in the... If you're, you're listening... I, I think it's I, fine. I don't think they're listening. They probably do not listen. I'll tag them in the post on Twitter. But <laughs> if you are, I'm disappointed in you. But you have a pile of money, so who gives a fuck? Um, That's true. Yeah. Um. So my thoughts on the episode itself, like in a granular fashion, are that I really like it. I loved seeing Rios and all of his hollows. I love where Rafi is headed and from a character standpoint. Um, I, I love that Soji and Gerardi were united. Uh, I love that Picard is kind of like, I think are, things are vibing with the La Serena crew. Um, and I'm excited, I guess, to see what happens next episode, but it's, that's kind of where the excitement stops. <laughs> You know, like I'm excited for next episode to see what happens. But in terms of narrative and now we know where it's going, I'm I am disappointed. So. Dag. Um, well, this is very personal to me, too. Uh, I really like. Mixing. Elements. Mm-hmm. But I'm just really not sure that I can handle mixing French fries with peppermint ice cream. (laughs) That just sounds like it would taste gross. You guys are fucking weird. You've never (laughs) dipped fries in a Frosty? Whoa, fries and Frosties, those are... Those are gold, and I'm super blurry for whatever reason. I know you do. It's okay. Uh, recalibrate. Recalibrate the camera quickly. There you go. There you are. <laughs> um, um, no, I know that was a joke, but... Um, look, I, I want to try it. That's like pineapple day. on pizza, crazy people. It's divisive is all that I want to say about that. As derivative <laughs> as it is, I am here. I am here until Picard's end of line. Yeah, I just am. Yeah, I mentioned it in the last episode with um, Jonathan Del Arco getting to play Hugh's death. How many actors get the opportunities to put a, a definitive end on characters that they introduced? Dude. And who who knew thirty two years ago that Jean Luc Picard was going to become a a a a, a, a worldwide name right people recognize it people know jean-luc uh when when kirk died that was one thing we didn't have the internet we didn't have fandom the way yeah. we have fandom today picard mm. is the face of star trek i'll be we, honest with we've you we've heard we've heard there's going to be a season two of picard but that could be be that could be some misdirection if picard dies this season next season third season it will be a milestone for pop culture. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about that. I, I can't think about that. No, I got to. I got to give that thought. Well, let's go into trivia then. Okay, and we'll have some it. fun with trivia. trivia. The very first, trivia. the very first trivia thing today trivia. is going to make Rodney feel a little bit more vindicated because it's derivative. Mm-hmm. The admonition in which these Romulans get to 
view some horrible history from some people who learned a big big lesson after a mistake is just like that episode the memorial of star trek voyager where chakotay starts you know with the obelisk and the whole crew starts fighting each other Uh, except for that for like neelix single episode yeah, it was it was a single episode in which there was this there was this memorial placed on a planet that was projecting oh, a yes. Yes, don't yes, do yes. what don't do what mm. we did message. They, and they everybody they on Voyager war. is reliving this this terrible battle where there was uh, a slaughter that occurred mm-hmm. that shouldn't mm-hmm. have happened. So, uh, that. Okay. Cool. Um, Good to the, know. The next thing. The next thing, if uh, if you're big fans of um, Star Trek VI, mm-hmm. at the beginning of this episode, we learn that it was a viridium isotope that Gerardi swallowed. In Star Trek VI, Spock drops a viridium patch on Kirk's oh, shoulder yes. so that they can track him on Rurapente. Oh, that's so cool! That's right, that is cool. Now the that technology so... has improved over time. Now it's mm-hmm. ingestible instead of just sitting on your uniform the whole time. But who the <laughs> heck doesn't have like scanner set to viridium just as a default? Come on. <laughs> you can you can detect viridium isotopes from sectors away and nobody just default scans to make sure nobody on their ship is okay. We're gonna go to the next one. <laughs> okay. When when Soji asks Picard about data one of the ways that Picard describes data is very gentle. And if you remember that heart-wrenching scene in Star Trek Generations where Troy asks Picard what Renee was like, Picard says the same thing. He was so very gentle. Renee, of course, had died in a fire just a few days before. I'm sure this was super obvious. As soon as we meet Ian, the Rios holographic engineer, he has a Scottish accent. He's the engineer. He's just got a Scottish accent. Come on. That, that was, was a Montgomery Scott reference all the way. Yes. Uh-huh. 100% Scotty. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Raffi sits down and points at Rios's record player and calls it a Walkman. <laughs> I just thought that was cute. <laughs> So for some reason, Sony's Sony's tape deck is immortal after 400 years. People still know what that is. (laughs) I I don't even know what a 400-year-old music player is today, but... Right. Well, I mean, record players Uh, came back, you know, so stuff comes back full circle. Yeah, Rios has a badass vinyl collection. Um, Another thing, when Picard's talking to Rios, one of the things he mentions is about his time on USS Reliant. Now, we're not talking about the Reliant that was destroyed in The Wrath of Khan. We're talking about the Reliant that was referred to by Admiral Nakamura when he was Lieutenant Nakamura and Picard was Ensign Picard on the USS Reliant. And the episode in which that was mentioned was Measure of a Man, which featured Data and Maddox. Maddox for the first time. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice catch. Uh, Picard mentions that Rios's skipper 
he he sort of met him when that skipper was the first officer under Captain Marta Batanides. Marta something. Mm-hmm. Who yeah. was featured as Picard's love interest in the episode Tapestry. <gasps> that was her. That was her. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, Marta. man. That's, um, this is too much. I mentioned this earlier today. Mm-hmm. One of the Synthrios encountered on the Ibn Majid was Beautiful Flower. And Dodge's dad named an orchid hybrid after her. Beautiful flower. Uh, Rios's former ship, the Ibn Majid, was named after Ahmad Ibn Majid, a famous 14th century Arabian navigator, cartographer, and poet, and is regarded in the West as the person who led Vasco da, Vasco da Gama on his seafaring tours. But that 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 claim is disputed. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, right. This is the this is the first episode to depict a Borg cube regenerating since the Borg were introduced in TNG Q Who oh, in 1988. Yeah. Yes. Uh, do you guys remember how like practical effecty the original oh, yeah. Borg cube looked? It was like actually metal wire. Like it looked almost. Yeah, and like a toy scene. when you when it was in the uh, when it was in the viewfinder, it looked like it looked like just you could reach out and touch it. Yes. Yeah, you know, and then but now it's all like looming shifty dark, walls. shifty yes. walls. You know, oh, it's yeah. it's it is different. And maybe the Borg did get better about their aesthetics. <laughs> yeah, they got so, a higher budget. Yeah. One of the cool <laughs> things about that feature is, I believe, in Q Who, the the way that they made the board cube look like it was repairing itself mm-hmm. was they just played a footage in reverse of a fixed ship that was slowly being melted by a light by by fire. They just played that in reverse so that it looks like it's coming back together. Wait, mm-hmm. they did what? So the the practical effects were we have this Borg facade and we're going to put a candle underneath it and the facade's going to melt. And then we're going to play that footage in reverse so it looks like the facade. Oh, okay. I need to go back. Honestly, I kind of want to do an entire TNG rewatch. It's always time. It's always good time. It's always always time for that, right? Yeah. I volunteer as tribute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, More trivia. You're not going to believe it. More trivia. Um, Rios owns a book called Surak and Existentialism. Hardcore fans will recognize Surak as the father of Vulcan logic. He's been recommend, re- referenced several times. Uh, Surak was depicted by the Excalibians in uh, an original series episode, as well as um, Archer having contained the Katra of Surak in an Enterprise episode. For anyone wondering who is uh, Serac, he's kind of Serac is the Vulcans who Jesus was to the humans. So there's two okay. more things, kind of, and then I have one when you're done. Oh, I'm gonna be. Oh, Watney has trivia for me. I'm so mm-hmm. excited. You guys might know it, but I, I it's okay. new to me, so I'll share it. So one of them is uh, the 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 way of Narissa's shoulder pads. You talked about it earlier, how they're just like imposing, but they looked a lot like Shinzons. I was so like. I wanted to take a silhouette of Narissa and overlay it with Shinzon and be like, they're wearing the same mm. form. Not the same, not the same costume, of course, but the same form. The high tiered shoulder pads coming down into a long cloak. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, and the last thing is um, 
Enoch mentions he can't remember anything about Medusan astrogation techniques. Right. The I, that's a cool name. The, what is it? The Medusans were an alien species introduced in the original series episode, Is There in Truth No Beauty? Mm-hmm. No human could look upon a Medusan, but a Vulcan could with very special glasses. Oh, yes, those the, the glasses with the uh, the red, uh, kind of the red yeah. film uh, in which uh, uh, Diana Muldor, who would go on to play Dr. Pulaski yes. in season two of Correct. TNG, uh, was was in that episode. That was one of the two episodes. Oh, yeah, she was in she TOS. Was in. Yeah, she right. two episodes What of a TOS. boss. So this it's, it's is the first character. mention of Medusans since that episode as well. Man, they're really doing some deep cuts. They are. They're, they're getting in the deep cuts. They yeah. really are. Well, what, now, they're, yeah. what they're doing is they want to piss off all the people that keep saying that this isn't canon. It's not <laughs> part of the prime timeline. They, they're just We're going to just shove it right in. We're going to put in so many references that it's going to... Man, I feel to... like I need to do a rewatch of the first few episodes because I didn't have trivia like this before the last episode. Right. Of, the, of Picard? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. the last episode was the first one where I was picking up all the things. And this episode, I was picking up all the things. And the first six episodes, I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> what's happening? Ah, help me. That's how I was too. Um, but I am super interested in Watney's trivia. What is it? Tell yes, me. Yes, I got to hear this. You guys probably God. already know this. So, you know, Dr. Gerardi mm-hmm. and Picard are both fans of Isaac Asimov. Right, mm-hmm. right. The science fiction writer who created the idea of the positronic brain. Yeah, super cool. I didn't know that. Yes, I did not know that he created it, and then they just fucking name dropped him. Yeah. So he made that in like the forties. <laughs> yeah, and that was like a huge. It's not just in Star Trek. The positron, the idea of a positronic brain is like the human consciousness of a robot, yes, which I right. knew that. But I did not know that it came from the fucking 1940s, which is yep. so amazing. That guy was like way ahead of his time. Yeah. So yeah, that's my trivia. No, he's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Positrons. If you didn't know that with me, I think these two knew it and they're just being nice. <laughs> but um... <laughs> no, I, I, I did not know that specific thing. I, I knew Asimov was behind a lot of the uh, just the whole evolution of technology mm-hmm. and uh, uh, robotics. It was- he was behind the three laws. Yes, the yes. three laws of robotics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you see, like, these, the positronic brain and so much other media. You see it in, like, Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. You see it in the Avengers. Um, Of course, Star Trek. iRobot, Bicentennial Man. Those all have, like, the consciousness of the positron. Right. So, and pretty cool. And positrons... Positrons are just electron antimatter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a big buzzword back then, which added the uh, increased, like, cool, uh, cool, cool effect of the positronic <laughs> brain. So, yeah, uh, that's that's all I've got for this episode. That's, that's all I got. That's yeah. really good trivia. Thank um, you, my first one ever. <laughs> good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's great. So I'm going to tell uh, tell our audience um, where oh, you yeah. can, find can, can find us online. Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, of course, like I always do. Um, we have a Patreon. We would love your support on Patreon. We're always adding new tiers, new perks for our members. Um, our Patreon is patreon.com slash beyond track. 
Uh, and we also have, of course, a Twitter. We're on there all the time. Dag is like our Twitter master, but both Big J and I go on our, our go on and tweet too sometimes. So um, that is at Beyond Trek Pod. Catch us there. Uh, and then we also have a Facebook, of course. So you can like us and follow us on Facebook at Beyond Trek Productions. And if you have, if you stayed with us for this craziness and you've got words to say, please send us your submissions. You can do a, a audio recording, send it to us at beyondtrekpodcast at gmail.com. And we will put you on the show, put you in, in a segment of a uh, fan response uh, audio or video. So that's all I've got. Dag, any final, final words? Your last words. Live long and prosper. Fuck yeah. This is Nacho from Beyond Tread Podcast. Uh, this is my review from the um, recent episode of Picard, and I thought it was pretty good. I liked the whole story about Captain Rios and his captain, how, you know, he lost the ship and it's a secret. But I thought it was very dark how Captain Rios' um, captain died because suicide and the whole shot flash or whatever you say the initiation whatever that was that was very dark too because they were killing themselves and i'm kind of i don't get why they're letting that one doctor back in the group i honestly feel like they should let her just go to prison and i thought it was really funny where that admiral told uh, captain mccarr to shut the f up that was pretty funny i love his reaction he looked like I thought he was really going to say something about it. It would have been nice if he said something about it, honestly. I hope in the future we get the Enterprise or some, or the Defiant. I don't know if the Defiant's destroyed or not. I didn't watch Deep Space Nine. But yeah, or I hope we see some new characters or something. I don't know. We are Beyond Trek Podcast. Lower your inhibitions and surrender your years. We will add inspirational and hilarious Trek content to your day. 